Welcome to Talk Truth, a McGregor podcast where we dive into scripture, gain insight from community, and biblically answer life questions. Talk Truth will answer life questions submitted by our listeners every other week. If you have a question for Talk Truth, you can submit your questions on our website. I'm your host, Chloe Styling. Let's open the word, gather together, and talk some truth. continuing a conversation that we had two weeks ago. Um, I am back here today with Omar Edwards. He is a life group leader and a deacon here at McGregor Baptist Church. And my husband, Cody Styling, who is number one in my heart. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we are continuing our conversation about spiritual abuse. We're going to be talking about um, how to help people who have been victimized by this, but then also um, we're talking about forgiveness too, because sometimes that gets glossed over and we really just want to address the gospel in this episode. And so the original question was how do we help people who have been spiritually abused in the church and have stepped away from the church as a result of that get back into church how, how does how does the body step up and reach out um, but before we answer how to do that why why should we even do that what is the purpose of the local church Yeah, that's a great question. I would say it is uh, God's design for believers. It's it's his, one of his primary, if not like the primary sanctifying instrument for the believer on earth while we're still here. And so once we have been saved, we are not left on our own. I mean, we have two different things. In a sense, God has given us the Holy Spirit. And so we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us from the moment that we um, become a Christian, the moment we're saved, we are instantly indwelt with the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is with us as a sanctifying uh, instrument in our lives. And then the church is a sanctifying instrument in our life that God uses. And so uh, we have those two things that are the primary methods of, of God sanctifying us to make us more like Christ. And, and so you, can't, you cannot grow and become more like Christ if you are not plugged into a local church, it's just, it's impossible. You may grow a little bit, but you you will not grow uh, to maturity in Christ as God has designed for you to do. Mm-hmm. All right. there's, there's a few word pictures that the Bible uses, in, you know, particularly the New Testament. Um, you know, uh, one of them is, is, is a building, right? We are the temple, um, you know, as a church. A second one, which is, I guess, more pertinent, I guess, to this conversation, um, is the body, right? First Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the church being the body of Christ. He's the head, but we're all one body. Um, and that image, right, should scream out to us because it's, you know, something happens. Um, you're walking in the middle of the night, right? You're, you're, you're walking in the middle of the night, and you guys, I don't know if you have all your furniture yet because, you know, but if, if you don't, when you put something in new, 
one of those nights. You if guys, you don't know and you're listening to this, we're newly married. Yeah. So. <laughs> but one of those nights, right? Like it happened when we moved into a new place, right? We had a new, new place, new furniture setting. It's about 1.30 in the morning. I'm, I'm half asleep, you know, going half asleep, half awake, one eye open, walking to my back to my bed and bang. The corner of my, right, the corner of my dresser, I, I catch you with my pinky toe. And so that then creates, right? It creates a reaction that is, now the reaction is head to toe. Like I'm, I'm holding my, it's one of something in the morning, I'm grabbing my mouth because I don't wanna wake up everybody in the house, but I have this internal scream and I have pain everywhere. My nerves are like blowing up all over the body. It, it, what happens is one part of it, right? It happens every, it affects, you know, the entire thing. And so that's one of the word pictures that 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 Paul uses in First Corinthians to, to to teach this kind of rogue church, you know, how they're supposed to be. Second one um, is a flock, and Jesus is the one who uses. Well, the Bible uses that in the Old Testament too, right? And he he brings that image through to the New Testament. Jesus does, and then um, you know Acts twenty, um, we see we see Luke refer to the the churches as as the flock. Acts twenty twenty eight, and then we see a, a, a better exposition of that in in First Peter chapter uh, five. He discusses that in his first five verses. So um, those are those are images that. You need it's a it's a bunch of individual parts, us members, um, coming together as one. And it, it obviously it, so the there's there's an implication there. I always talking about the church at large, but there's an implication where we have to be together, right? He, um, and in that relationship, there's a there's a there's a voluntary submission. Um, we talked about in the prior. Um, in, in our prior chat, that you know Hebrews thirteen seven, your, your submission to your elders—that's a voluntary thing that's abused, but it's it's only it's only possible if you voluntarily have people come together and to submit under the teaching of the word. Um, you know Hebrews ten twenty four and twenty five. You know uh, teach us about accountability to be accountable to each other. Right James five sixteen. Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. You can't do that on your own, right? Um, you can't. You, that's impossible to do on a consistent basis, in a corporate basis, um, hanging out by yourself. You know. Uh, um, Another aspect of that is discipline. We see Matthew chapter 18, right? Um, we see uh, from verse 15 through 20, we, 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 we see Jesus establish um, a process of church discipline for an individual member. How do you do that outside of a congregation? How do you do that outside of a specific unit of people that come together on a consistent basis, whether it be weekly, daily, whatever, um, you know, you can't do that outside of that, um, outside of that form. You know, and there's other things that are that are built in there, right? You, you encourage one another when you're together. You, you, you know, we've learned, we've learned right through COVID. Um, we just had, you know, we just had, we just had, you know, where folks were basically been online. It is very difficult to encourage folks online. It is very difficult to encourage folks on a distance, right? We've seen in this time of COVID that, you know, we've seen depression go up. We've seen, um, you know, the, 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 the amount of prescriptions for antidepressants, you know, more than double. Um, we've seen suicides more than triple um, because people have, have lost the sense of community, the separation. You can't do this encouragement alone. You can't do the mm. one another hundred, you know, there's a hundred one another statements in script. You cannot do that when you're pulled away and separate. It's, it's, 
it's it's a it's an almost impossible thing to do. And so the purpose of the church is to be one, be one with Christ, and to fulfill His mission um, in all these contexts and more. Right? We don't have time to do all that, but in more, that that's the purpose of the church. Cody, how have you seen? Um, what what have been, what has been your experience of coming to know Christ better through being plugged in at a local church? Mm. I think I would say it's it's a lot of the things we've talked about in the positive sense, right? That being involved in a local church gives brings accountability. It brings. Um, hopefully, hopefully it brings accountability. Hopefully, it brings community, and hopefully, it brings, like I said, encouragement. And so, I think, just in my own life, like when I was um, growing up, like being heavily involved in the local church, like knowing people, knowing they know what's going on in my life, I know what's going on in theirs. Like in a good sense, um, there's ability to to pray for one another or encourage one another, ask questions. Like you're listening to people as they talk and they're listening to you. And so you're able to ask questions of each other and say, hey, what's, how is your blank? How's your knee? Oh, well, it's fine. Why, why do you ask? Well, cause last week you look like you were limping, you know, like, but you're aware of what's going on in people's lives. And so um, for me, that's helped because people have been able to see into my life um, probably more clearly than I would want them to at times. And they're able to recognize and realize when I'm struggling um, when I am, dealing with a lot of pain or with pressure. And so anytime that I've been in a healthy church and that church has promoted um, that transparency and accountability and community in different ways, whether that's through Sunday school or a life group or um, through Bible studies, um, small group discipleship, whatever, that has been a huge benefit just to see my own heart and willingness to um, be open and accountable to change, um, to see a willingness to rely on other like brothers and sisters in Christ. And so that's been a blessing. Like that's something that you're not going to get if you aren't plugged in because no one's going to, no one's going to miss you if you're not there. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you never go to church at all, no one's, no one's going to know you exist in a sense. Like, um, and so even if you just go once a month, it's uh, at least that's a that's a starting point, right? Like, I'm not saying you should just start with once a month and then maybe go twice a month. Like, you should come every week to church. But um, if you're not in the church at all, I'm no one's ever going to know. And so, if Omar didn't show up for six months, I would know. But if Omar never showed up to church at all, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know who Omar is. Like, I'd have no clue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think spe- since this podcast is specifically for McGregor too, it's a big church. You know, <laughs> like right. maybe not. I mean, we do have a big number. We used to have a, a much bigger number, but um, I could go a couple weeks without seeing you and we'll both be here. You know what I mean? And right. we just didn't happen to cross paths that day, but specifically what McGregor has to offer. And I know other church bodies have a similar structure is a life group. Um, and even in our life group, we have something smaller called a care group. And we meet every week with our care group after our Bible study and with our care group, we'll share prayer requests and have like a deeper discussion question, you know what I mean? Where it gives you the opportunity to just be open and about what you're struggling with, whether that be the circumstances in your life or the sin in your life too. We've even had conversations about that. And so there's, I think specifically here, if, if you're just attending, you know, um, yeah, that's great. But there's so much more that um, you will get out of 
the church body experience when you are actively plugged in and in relationship. And it does take effort. That's the thing, you know, like it's not, I think a lot of people just expect it to just happen. Mm -hmm. And we should, as the church, be approaching, you know, even the people who don't look approachable, we should, we should be the ones who are approaching. So there's a sense where it should happen, like the church should be reaching out. But um, at the same time, if you if you want to take that step, there are opportunities, you know, where you can be plugged in, and those opportunities, like people are just waiting to pour into others, you know. Um, sometimes I like to say, like, if I if I'm not pouring into somebody or some, if if I'm getting a lot of people just pouring into me, and I'm not like pouring into others, I feel like a moldy sponge because I just need to like just pour into somebody else, mm-hmm. and. Um, I think that's that's another great thing about the local church is like not only are people pouring into me, but there's so much benefit from being able to share the love of God. And I think it increases our love and our knowledge of him when we have the ability to mentor and teach and disciple others. Um, now, where can we turn into the word to show us how to respond to people who have stepped away from the local church because of not just spiritual abuse, but like any kind of abuse that has happened and may not even have happened within the church itself. Um, but it could have happened like in their past they've experienced and they, they've experienced some kind of abuse in their past and they now have either a problem with God or a problem with like not trusting people. How do we come alongside people and, and help them to take that step. And how do we find that those answers in scripture? Well, um, first of all, with some of these issues, one we don't we don't dismiss it. We acknowledge we acknowledge what, what folks are going through. That's I mean, um, you know, some folks have been hurt, right? Some folks have been really damaged. Other folks are just, you know, resentful. It's not always a pastor or a leader. Sometimes it's just issues with people in the church, right? You know, you, I didn't like the way you looked at me. I mean, I, we're be, I'm being a little, I guess, facetious in that particular comment. But sometimes it's that simple. You know, I, I have this problem with this sister, this brother. There may not be a leadership issue. So acknowledge those things. Um, because, you know, that, that, that image of the body, 1 Corinthians twelve twenty six says if one member suffers, all suffer together. And if one member is honored, all rejoice together. That's 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 a heavy statement, um, you know. And so it's important to acknowledge what folks are going through, where they are, um, you know. Uh, while the gospel message is the gospel message for everyone, right? It, it, at its core, um, applying that to people and 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 understanding, you know, who they are and what they're going through is important. You, you can because you can you can then start a conversation from a from a place of empathy or from a place of understanding and you get a lot further. Um but I think I think that's one you, you, we don't dismiss it. Um you know, secondly that I think we we confront these issues, right? We we or we help them confront, you know, if if it's an event that's happening or if it's relevant, you know, so certain times we can't you know, you, like I, you, I can't. If something's happening in another congregation, or whatever. I, I can't. I can't help you confront that. Sometimes it's someone in authority, and the way the church is built out, like we discussed. You know, like we discussed last time. Um, you don't have the ability or freedom to that because you'll get destroyed, right? You get so. Um, but still, if there's a problem within the church, with within brothers, um, we should try to 
confront the issue. We should ignore it. We should try to confront it. You know, Matthew 18 gives us, you know, go to them individually. And then if that doesn't work, take a couple folks who are more mature and, and you know, go speak to them about it. And if not, you know, if that doesn't work, then, then bring them to the elders. If that doesn't work, then bring them to the church. Um, you know, obviously we're, we're you know, that's kind of that's kind of the, the blueprint. But the point there is, let's address it. Let's have a conversation. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, a lot of times we don't do that, right? I mean, even you know, the, I don't have the passage with me, but you know, Jesus was talking about prayer, and he says, you know, you you want to bring your offering, and you want to you want to go pray, but before you do that, if you have something with your brother, go and fix that, mm-hmm. so that God will heal your prayers, right? Go and go and address that. There's there's some value in. Uh, this you know this morning I, I I taught a class and I made a statement you know and uh, I, I made it in a positive light I was talking about the church in Thessalonica how they how they bought into the gospel and I used the phrase but in a positive connotation right I used the phrase um, they drank the Kool Aid but I used it in a positive connotation I completely I was I completely did not associate it with you know um, uh, Jim Jones and you know I, and and but someone there. You know, someone there was was hurt by it because they knew someone who was impacted, who mm-hmm. who, who who literally drank the Kool Aid, and I used that phrase, and they confronted me about it, and they told me that they they were they were hurt, that they were offended, and they told me that I used the passage, to, you know, uh, I, I used excuse me, I used I used a phrase that had to do with this, mm-hmm. to do with such a terrible thing, to talk about how the Th- Thessalonians embraced the gospel. I was convicted by it. Right, but he had the freedom to come to me, and I, you know, I recognize and I apologize immediately. I'm still bothered by it. I'm like, man, I should, I should have, paid, you know, I should have paid more attention. But that—that's the openness you need. You need to be able to address those things and have conversations about what's going on. And and so the scripture teaches us to respectfully and lovingly mm. encourage each other through these conversations. Um, you know, Galatians six one right it says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression. You who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness, right? And, and, and I think we can. It's just you have to have conversations. You you have to be open. You have to, um, you know, the Bible tells you, hey, sit with them, sit with somebody, have a chat, heal. That's how you heal. Um, you and just know. let them talk too. Yeah. Even if they're not, sometimes even if people aren't really making sense, just you don't really want advice right away. But you really gain trust for somebody when they allow you to just cry to them, you know? Sometimes you just need people to listen. Mm. Yeah. Um, and the last one, you know, that same passage in Galatians, just be part of the healing process, right? Galatians 6, 2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Right? Just that, that told the whole one another thing we discussed, um, you know? Outside of just listening, not, th- not I don't want to say just listening because there's so much value in that, like we just talked about, but the ultimate goal is to see that person restored with God and the body. How do we help these people practically? So we've listened. How do we practically now help them get back in the church so that they may um, continue in that sanctification process? Um, and the number one thing I think that we should do first is protect the flock. Um, and that's going to look different depending on the situation. Um, but if 
the church that somebody was at, let's say that you want to stay involved there and there's, there's hope for healing. Um, pointing out that there was either a false gospel being taught or, or address like, uh, using the Matthew 18, going to somebody in private, going with some, going to somebody, um, with another person and then publicly addressing that person. But if there's not the opportunity to publicly address, um, if you've told the people that you think are being hurt and being victimized, um, just getting that person out of the situation as soon as possible, um, because you're not going to con- you're not going to heal if you're just continually being abused and you're, and, and especially at that point if you've been open about it, and you now have a target on your back, it's it's probably going to come at you even more, and so maybe. If, it, if it's gotten to that point, removing them completely from the situation. But then the second part is engage the victim and restore their heart that's been broken. And we do that through a variety of things. Um, you could see a biblical counselor. You could talk to um, a pastor at a church that is biblical and and receive counsel, um, in that way. And, and that, that's free also. I know that a lot of people, um, have the, um, barrier of seeing a professional Christian counselor because of finances. But I know that there are, especially here at McGregor, there are so many, every pastor would be willing to sit with somebody who has gone through something like that. Um, and so there are at least here, and I'm sure at other like like-minded churches, there are avenues that you could receive mentorship. Um, but the next thing I think if, if you know, maybe you're not the person to come alongside that person and walk with them one-on-one, but, um, maybe connecting them to another person who has like Omar, for instance, like you, I'm sure that if somebody came to this church and has been through something similar, you would love nothing more than to mentor and disciple that person for, an extended period of time because you've had to go through that yourself. And so leaning on the body, not just in one conversation, not just in two conversations, but it may take years. You know, it's a, that would be a healing process. Like you said before with um, your sister who is, who is still struggling to this day. Um, Just giving, giving it time and, and walking with that person and, and not giving up on that person, just being, just be there and persevere with them and have, have the patience to go, go through a dark season with them, um, as they heal. Um, and then the last thing that I have to offer before you guys take this is encourage them by promoting the hope of Christ's return. Because sometimes we, even in the things that are good here on earth, like I want to see this church healed, you know what I mean? Or I want to see this church like, come to know the true gospel. Maybe in this lifetime, we won't see that. Maybe it'll never happen, you know? And we can't place our hope in something that is that is not guaranteed. But everything that is in the Bible, the promises of God, 
aka Christ's re, Christ return for his bride, we can lean on that promise and put our hope in that and, and know that um, no matter what happens in this life, no matter what our circumstances may be, we can submit to our Father who has been there for us from the beginning of time and He has He's doing everything for His glory and our good. And so we can rest in that and know that He's coming back to save us. And we, this is not eternal even though it seems like it is, even though it is horrible, you know what I mean? It is not the end. Our, our chief end is to, is to know Christ for all of eternity and as, as him, as our, as our, as our bridegroom, and we will be united with him forever. And and that's what we can hope in. So even if we don't get to see um, the thing that we want to happen here, that's what we should be promoting to people who, are going through this, but how else can we help Christians who have been sinned against by the church? I think um, <clears throat> another thing we need to do is encourage them to go through the process of forgiveness. And that's a, it's not a flip of a switch, right? I mean, a lot of times I think we think of things as, Omar hit me and then he said, I'm sorry. And then I'm like, oh, I forgive you. It's all good. And it's like maybe like instantaneous, right? But a lot of times, and I'm sure as you can probably expound on a little more, like when you experience hurt, especially depending on the level of hurt and then uh, you've been sent against and then you like, depending on the, even the authority, like if someone like you're a leader sent against you in the church or uh, something of that nature, the greater the authority or perhaps the greater insight or the longer amount of time that someone had input in your life, et cetera, and these things happen, the longer it's going to take to experience and go through the process of forgiveness to get to the point where you say, um, I forgive you. And so that's a big deal because we, a lot of times, incorrectly think about forgiveness as forgive and forget. And so... Uh, right. Omar hits me and I forgive him and then I forget it and I never remember it. I never bring it up and it's just over and done. And that's not often though, the way that we think like it should be thought about because I, I'm probably going to remember that Omar hit me. Um, I'm not going to be able to just like instantly remove that from my brain. And especially when we deal with something like this on a much broader and bigger level, it's not going to be easy to just instantaneously um, forget everything that's happened to us and, and nor should we. I mean, the Bible doesn't describe us as forgiving and forgetting. God says that he's forgiven our sins and our sins are separated as far as the East is from the West. But at no point does he mention that God has forgotten our sins, nor can God forget something that's outside of his nature. Mm -hmm. He is eternally omniscient and he knows all things. However, God's choosing not to bring up our own sin against us. And so I think that's important as we think about even just the gospel, right? Like that I have sinned against God. And so God and I are separated, right, by this chasm of sin. And so my sin prevents me from getting to God and there's nothing that I can do in any way, shape or form to make that happen. I can't get baptized. I can't go to church. I can't give money. I can't help a ton of little old ladies across the street. There's, there's no possible thing that I could ever do to get God's forgiveness for my sin if it were not for Christ. And so Christ died on the cross for us. He shed his own blood. And as we are gonna see um, this week, even just during uh, the celebration of Easter, we think about the reality of 
what Christ has done for us. And we think about the nails that were driven in his hand and his feet, the crown of thorns that was on his head and all the blood that was shed for our sin. And we think about the way he described it in the last supper was take this bread. It's my body that's being broken for you. Take this blood. It's my blood that's poured out for you. And so Christ shed his own blood and his own, he broke his own body for us to pay for that sin. And so in that, we now have an opportunity to be reconciled back to God. And so Romans five makes that very clear that we were once enemies of God, but now we've been reconciled back to him. If we um, have partaken in that grace of God's forgiveness. And so um, God through the sacrifice of Christ on Son, has reconciled us back to him and, and through by grace, through faith, right? Ephesians two, eight and nine, that we, we believe by grace through faith and there's nothing else that gets us to, uh, back to God. And so in that God has forgiven all of our sins. And so he's, he's forgiven us and he's made us a new workmanship in Christ, Ephesians 2.10. And, um, but it's not that God's forgotten my sin. I mean, God, God cannot forget the things that I have sinned before salvation and then even after salvation, but God is choosing no longer to bring them up and to remember them in the sense of when I get to heaven and eternity and God looks at me, he's not going to see me, he's going to see Christ's righteousness, and he's not going to say, yes, I see Christ's righteousness, but just FYI, let me go through all these sins I have real quick. Like, he's not, that's not what he's doing. He's forgiven those sins, and um, that's what the call for us is, is the forgiveness that if God, who is the creator of all things and the author of life, um, and if he is not going to bring up my sins against him, why on earth would I not go through the process of forgiveness with someone else. It doesn't make it easy at times, but it's the call to the reality that if someone has sinned against me, Christ called us to forgive them just as we have been forgiven. And that's the beauty of forgiveness, right? Is that it's the imitation. It's the, the real life transformation of a heart that says, I have been deeply hurt by someone else, but Christ forgave me when I deeply hurt God in every possible way, mm. there's no way that I can't forgive someone else. And it may take time, but it's that's the beauty of forgiveness. And it's just the beauty of the gospel, right? The, the, as a matter of fact, the implication of forgiveness, right? When, when, when Jesus is, is, is talking to Peter about forgiveness, the implication is you, you remember, right? Mm. Peter says, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven, right? And, and, that has its that that has its its source from the Old Testament, right? You, you, but um, he, he responds with a with a question and pointing back to the law, where the law said you had to you know you, you had to forgive seven times, and um, um, so Jesus tells him no, <laughs> seventy times seven, right? That's so. Let me let me take account. That's four hundred and ninety times. That that the implication there is you remember. Well, you're going to keep account. Fine. Yes, keep a count then, and then but 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 keep counting. So it's hmm. the, the implication there is you you are going to remember, um, and that's what makes it hard. Hmm. You know, we're not, and again, you know, like we said in the, in the last in, in the last uh, last episode, I guess um, it, we're we're we want to be sympathetic and empathetic to those who have suffered, hurt, who have been who have been abused, manipulated, hurt. You know. Um, in any capacity, um, we recognize that there are certain types of hurt, and 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 there are folks who have been hurt in ways that that I probably can't identify with. Um, and while my story is pretty, you know, 
like sobering, but there's things I, I, I can't identify with, and I get that. And there's things that I don't understand, and there's levels of pain that, that I haven't lived, right? I, I you know, um, I haven't, as a child, I haven't, I haven't been taken advantage of as an adult in an inappropriate way. I, I don't, I don't know that. I'm not a woman who's been, um, you know, who, who's, who's been manipulated into doing things that inappropriate things by a leader. I, I'm, I don't, I haven't had that experience, and so I want to, I want to call that out because I recognize that you know the, there are things that are difficult to get over. There are things, and maybe that's not the right word, not difficult to get, but there are, diff, there, there are things that are difficult to get through, mm. I guess is a better term. But regardless of all those things, at some point, um, at some point, the, the, the end game has to be forgiveness. That's because th- that's the essence of the gospel. Um, and it's hard, right? We, we, we have to, and we get that from the Word of God. You know, first of all, we, we understand that and we apply the Word of God to our lives. So I've been hurt, and I, I, and it's almost, and it's a very difficult thing to do, but I have to separate what, what this situation happened and, 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 and what's going on over there, because um, I can't necessarily control that. I can't control what happens with that individual. I can't, I can't change things in that individual. But I, I do recognize that there's a call over my life, you know, to forgiveness. I mean, it's not a coincidence that when the disciples asked Jesus, right, it depends where you look at it, right, in the book of Luke, they say, Lord, Jesus, you know, teach us how to pray like John taught his disciples. And in that prayer, in the Lord's prayer, it's, it's not a coincidence that one of the lines in there is, Lord, forgive us as we forgive those, uh, forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That's not coincidence. And it's not coincidence that it's brought out in prayer because to find true forgiveness of that real deep pain, I need God's help. Mm-hmm. I absolutely need God's help. So I'm not, we're not diminishing it. We're not, you know, we're, we're not brushing off the offense, the hurt, the pain. We're not brushing off. Forgiveness is yeah. definitely supernatural. Oh, it's it, not it, a. No, and we need, we, we need, I mean, right. You're not talking about me, you know, elbowing him and, and him forgiving me and it's over. That's not, we're talking about serious offense here, serious yeah. pain, serious hurt. I need Jesus help. And I had to cry out to God years. Years, and I remember when my my pastor's son died. I went to the funeral and I saw him. I hugged him, and that was a day that I recognized that I had forgiven him. Mm. That I had forgiven him. It, after that, I, I I don't I don't speak about him individually with the same with the same pain with the same anger. Yes, it gets me angry to see what, what what's happened and what continues to occur. But I don't, I don't. It's not that personal anger. It's 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 an anger because I see the 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 the, the you know the word of God being abused. But but toward him, I've learned to love him. I've learned to love the man that has done this to my family, that has done this to my sister, that has done these things to me, that has done these terrible things to what to other people. Um, I've learned to love him, and that's not because of what I've done. I've had to cry out to God for years and years and years. And it, at some, at one point, I don't know when, I recognize when I knew when I when I found, that I know the moment when I knew when when when, when the Lord when the Holy Spirit you know, um, kind of, hey, this is forgiveness. Hmm. Um, and so you know, so it's not it's it's not it's not coincidence that it's that that prayer right. It's um, it's something that 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 we should model. Um, in all our in all our interactions for others, right? Because it's something that I pray for, but but how do I learn to do that if I don't see it? 
if, if, if I don't see that a, a culture of forgiveness, right? Um, you know, if I don't, I don't, because th this is, this is not a, we don't live in a culture of forgiveness. We live in cancel culture, mm. right? You did something, I don't, you, you did one thing or, or, of this caliber and we want to see folks destroyed and, and, and torn down um, while the gospel wants healing, right? The, the gospel wants reconciliation. We have been reconciled to Christ, right? We have been, so, so reconciliation is a, is a big thing, right? We have offended God in ways that, that, that are beyond, right? Be, because of who he is and who we are, the level of offense and sin that we have, that, that we have accumulated over our lives and continue to accumulate, um, in the face of a, of a holy, holy God that we, we, we don't understand because the, the, the difference between he and, and he and we, <laughs> right, he and us, um, let's, let's use appropriate grammar, is so different, is so, the, the chasm is so wide, the level of offense is so grand, and yet we have been reconciled unto him through Christ. Mm -hmm. and, and we have to model that. People have to see that in our culture. They have to see that within the church. Um, and 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 that's you know you put all these things together you you put you know the supernatural support right you the prayer i have to bring that i have to recognize that 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 bitterness is still there that that hurt is still there lord here it is help me learn to forgive because at the end of the day if i don't forgive it's a burden that only i carry it's a poison that eats me up inside. It's not, right? You did something bad to me, Chloe, and I'm not forgiving you, and and, and you're living your life. You're doing your thing. You don't even, it happened, you know, and so, I, you know, I, I have to fight the urge to want to get my pound of flesh and learn that, that, that that's, that's while it's the issue that caused me to be where I'm at today, I also recognize that, that this is between me and Jesus. And, uh, you know, it's my relationship with God. And, and as I grow in that, and as I see it modeled in, in other believers, um, you know, and as, as I see it modeled in, in, a, in a healthy church community, I can learn from that. And, and I, I, one, of the, one of the most stark pictures of that in, in, in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 5, mm. there's a man that's, that's, that's sleeping with his stepmother, right? That's, 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 that's the passage. And they did nothing about it. And Paul basically, you know, tells them to, to excommunicate them, to deal with it, right? Because they haven't dealt with it. Um, and, you know, because it was shameful. That the fact they were they were not dealing with that kind of level of sin it's un, right it's unheard of within the body of Christ and he 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 tells them to deal with it and then um, later right and in his, in, his in, in two letters later right we we don't see the second letter the real you know there were three letters to to, to the church in Corinth right the second one that we actually see in Scripture Second Corinthians in chapter two he refers back to that incident. He refers back to that that situation, and he tells them, "Wait a minute! You've you've disciplined him. You you you've, you've you've separated him from the rest of the group. Now, guess what? Go back now and heal." That's a terrible sin. That was a terrible act that he was doing. But yet, you know, he 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 goes back there, and I don't know if you I don't know if you it's Second um, Corinthians if you have that five yeah. through eight. Uh, can you read that real quick? Yeah, it says. Um, if anyone has caused pain, he has caused pain not so much to me, but to some degree, not to exaggerate, to all of you. This punishment by the majority is sufficient for that person. As a result, you should instead forgive and comfort him. Otherwise, he may be overwhelmed by excessive grief. Therefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love to him. 
That's hard to do, Cody. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy, he's done terrible things. He was disciplined by the group. He was ostracized. It, you know, he was addressed. Um, but now he's saying, go, go tend to him. You've addressed it. Go tend to him. Right? How, how, so how long should I hold you accountable for the bad thing you did, you know, 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. How, 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 do I, how, how long do I continue to condemn? Right? I mean, I have things. You have things. We all have things that we did, you know, some time back that, that, that we've learned from and we've, we, we've moved forward. Um, you know, right now there's, there's a church issue going on where, where, you know, something happened 20 years ago before the guy was even in the church. Mm-hmm. And, and now it's becoming a scandal because, you know, I mean, there were some things done wrong by the church. They should have addressed certain things differently. But nonetheless, um, you know, folks that are still hurt, they're, 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 still, they're, they're still judging and speaking from a point of hurt, looking at something that happened 20 years ago. And look what you did. But there, there has so there, for the sake of Christ and our relationship with Christ, and for the sake of our healing, and for the sake of 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 my peace, um, I have to learn from Jesus and 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 Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, hmm. um, because you know we 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 we're, we're the church. We're not we're not the cancel culture. Folks from outside, we, we've allowed our, our we've allowed our focus and our perspective to be infected by by our culture, to be infected by by how things are done out there. No, um, you know, reconciliation, justification, our our, our debt, sin debt being canceled. These mm-hmm. are all things that we're called to do as believers, as hard as it may be. And so I empathize, I sympathize, and I understand it's a it's a it is a process that takes time. And, and um, you know, and it, it requires those things you mentioned. It requires the support of a body. It requires the, 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 you know, the work of the Holy Spirit. But it is possible. It is possible. And, it, it, and, and if, if it's pursued in, in, in prayer, there, there, it is possible to forgive someone who has wronged you. And it's necessary for the body of Christ to move forward. Mm-hmm. Now, Cody, will you close us in prayer on that note? I don't, that, that was, this whole conversation has been really powerful. And um, I just really hope that somebody out there um, can relate to it and um, take next steps in whatever context that may be. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your forgiveness, God, that you uh, looked past our um, our absolute disobedience and our lack of any desire to be near you, any desire to pursue you. And God, in spite of that, you willingly gave your son to die for us. And so God, we thank you so much for your forgiveness. God, we thank you that through Christ, um, we have been redeemed. We have been bought back, that we are forgiven. And so God, we thank you that in your son, we now have access to you um, to come boldly before your throne and God to um, 
to experience the spiritual blessings that Christ has given us. Um, and that we thank you, God, that we have the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of us and to give us strength um, and power to overcome sin um, and to also forgive. And so, God, we thank you that through the forgiveness that Christ has offered us, that you have given us, that we also can forgive. And so, Father, we pray that we would forgive. We pray that you would um, continue to work in each of our hearts, um, especially those who have been hurt greatly and sinned against greatly. And um, we pray that you would give us patience and understanding. Um, we pray that you would give us uh, sympathy to know and understand what may, may have been experienced. And God, we pray that you would also give those who have been hurt the ability to continue to process and grow and move um, forward in forgiveness. We, we know that that doesn't erase the, the pain and the trauma of what's been experienced in some cases. And God, we know that it doesn't remove um, the, the pain of what has happened. But God, we thank you that in forgiveness, we can find hope and we can find the beauty of what you have done for us and the beauty of your plan of redemption, that we don't just let sin go unchecked um, we don't just let sin go unforgiven, but God, that we um, have accountability, we have discipline, and then we have forgiveness. And that God, we have the ability to um, to be forgiven and to forgive. And so, God, we thank you for your grace in that. That even though even while we were still sinners, um, Christ died for the ungodly. And so, and just the the beauty that forgiveness is has been given by you and that's the ultimate forgiveness. I mean, there's no way that we can ever compare anything that we experience in life to what we have done to you um, in our own sin and just the way that we have chosen to, to live and, and sin against you. But God, we thank you that you still forgave us. And so Lord, we pray that that power of forgiveness would be so imprinted in our hearts and our lives that even if it takes time that God, you would help us to heal and then forgive and be willing to exercise that same forgiveness in, um, in the lives of those who hurt and sin against us. And God, we pray that we would experience the same forgiveness when we undoubtedly sin against others, Lord, and that we would um, also experience the same forgiveness as well. And so, God, we just pray that you would give us lives that resemble the beauty of your forgiveness in every action that we take and that God, we would take it seriously and that we would take it as a command from scripture to love one another, to be tenderhearted and forgive one another as Christ has forgiven us. So Father, we ask these things in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. To our listeners, thank you for spending your time with us. If you haven't yet connected with us online, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and be sure to check out our other McGregor podcast channels. Just head over to talktruthpodcast.com for all the details. We'd love to hear from you. Write us a review however you are listening to this. Thanks for listening, and remember to talk truth.